0: talking to some of the best names in contemporary christian music this is the hope fm artist interview yes welcome along to the latest episode of the artist interview a podcast from hope fm in which i gordon t as your host have the absolute privilege to talk with some of the biggest and brightest names in the world of contemporary christian music we talk about their work their walk and their lives as followers of christ and what an interview we have got for you today We've got Mike Weaver from Big Daddy Weave. And you know, he really talks from his heart. He is a guy that is passionate about knowing Jesus more personally and sharing him with others. But before we hear a little bit of the Big Daddy Weave track, My Story, and get into the chat with Mike, I thought, seeing as this is the first episode of the artist interview that we're uploading to Spotify, we should let you share just, well, a little quick behind the scenes outtake of what happens when things go wrong with our interviews. And this is an occasion when it's a little bit like one of the plagues in Egypt when instead of locusts thousands of bees decided to drop by in the middle of the interview recording
1: from that vantage point in a in a different way but no less significant than in the time of the miracles you know bee swarm Um, bee swarm sorry yeah go for it
0: unbelievable I Oh, I wish I could show you what I can just see out my window. Sorry, I had to rip out my headphones. <laughs> you were just sharing totally from your heart. I can't believe this happened right now. Just, oh, I cannot, there's like a cloud outside my window of- Of bees? thousands of bees. Just thousands of bees. That sounds terrifying, dude. Oh, oh, oh sec, I've got to close the window. I've got to close another window. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, man.
1: Gonna have to forgive me for- <laughs> Dude, not that at all. So not bad. at all, man. My gracious. Right.
0: I wonder if you could see them if John was just to try turn this around. Oh, beautiful, man. Beautiful. Uh, oh, my them?
1: gosh. That is so many bees.
0: <laughs> yes, Mike was correct. It was so many bees. But don't worry, none of them got in, and my heart rate certainly went down eventually. So, Mike Weaver from Big Daddy Weave coming up very shortly. But before that, here's a clip from their track, My Story taken from their 2015 album Beautiful Offerings.
1: Hey Mike, how you doing? Man, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable how it's all come together. I can't believe that I'm actually talking to you right now. And so, hello from, from Tennessee in the, in the US.
0: Oh, well, thank you for joining us. I've got to say, just, just to say how it came about, it was bonkers because I got contacted by a random person. They sent me uh, a, a link, uh, and which was about various things. And on that, I saw uh, that there was an interview that you had done. And I thought, I'd really love to listen to it. I really want to know more about uh, about Mike and Big Daddy Weave. And I listened to it. And then literally within a few hours, you had looked me up on Instagram and, and said, I, I'm available to do an interview in, in a few days' time. I was like, this is perfect. I love it when God brings things together like that, Mike. So It, it thank, really
1: was a God thing. It really was. It's really cool. Thank you
0: so much for doing it. So uh, we've just played the track, My Story. And it would be lovely if you could tell us a bit about your story uh, about your what with Jesus, how you came to be a Christian and also how that's impacted in your music the floor is yours sir
1: no absolutely you know I uh grew up man in a in a Christian home and my mom and dad uh, were not casual Christians at all like they they truly were in pursuit of a personal relationship with Jesus my dad walked in a, a very special way uh, man with Holy Spirit um, there were times when we would look for my dad on a Saturday. I remember, and uh, and we couldn't find him. Mom, where's Dad? You know, he works during the week. On Saturday, he's off. He'd made this place in his closet, and he would just get he would get on his face and he would pray for hours for us. Like that sounds like I'm making that up or something. It's it's not. I'm telling you. So anything good that has happened for us and the opportunities that we've had with Big Daddy Weave, I know we drink from wells that we didn't dig. You know. And so really the music, the songs, all of that has, has just kind of come out of men and upbringing, of, you know, about knowing Jesus and who he is. That doesn't mean that I've ever had anything together. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty messed up as it is, you know, and that, I, that allows me to realize my need for Jesus in a big way. But when I went to school in Mobile, Alabama, in the U.S. here uh, uh, at a little Baptist college called the University of Mobile, I met the rest of the guys in Big Daddy Weave uh and we were leading worship on campus and have literally been doing that ever since you know and so uh we keep feeling like we're gonna get caught at some point and somebody's gonna be like dude you have to get a real job and but we we just kind of keep on keeping on other than that you know it's by the grace of God
0: wow so you, it wasn't your life plan at all what were you doing at university if you don't mind me asking
1: yeah you know, I, I was studying music and I love leading worship in our home church um, and early on I guess I was about 11 years old uh, I, I had grown up in a little Methodist church uh, and they didn't they didn't move in the ways uh, that that we have seen since them in, in some other churches man in a place where Holy Spirit is welcomed and and just really you know they move in the the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we went to a place uh, like that in Destin Florida for a visit with my parents and this man, Uh, who'd been speaking all night. It was the first time I'd ever seen drums in church. I was like, man, this is awesome. There's like drums. There's like a different kind of music than in the church I had grown up in, you know? And, um, And the man who'd been speaking said, anyone who has a strong call into the mission field, and he goes, and you, and he points right at me and says, I want you to come down here. And man, I was certain that You know, I didn't know what he was going to say, but I thought he was going to tell my parents something ugly about me, something I had, you know, something I'd been trying to get away with or something, you know. And so I'm terrified at that moment. But he speaks to the rest of the people. Then he comes to me and I'm like, here it is, you know. And he says, look, during the worship time, I saw musical notes written on your face. like that's weird you know and he said i just want you to know that god's gonna give you songs that you're gonna write songs and the songs are gonna take you away from your home even to a foreign land he goes not everybody's gonna like the songs (laughs) he said but he said but you just need to know it's god who's called you to do this and you just need to to go where he leads you and so we have literally from the beginning of this uh, just been walking through doors that that open you know and that's been 20 three years now or whatever you know and yeah so yeah just just so grateful for the faithfulness of god and all that
0: that's amazing and it's wonderful that god spoke it over you before you had it as a plan or yeah. even with exploring it he he'd just
1: he'd released that to you which I think I really needed that to happen because I otherwise I think I would have doubted and I think I would have second guessed because I've had very little confidence in myself in this process you know in fact quite the opposite and so the Lord used that word to kind of help you know come on come on this is this is what I'm unfolding in your life that kind of thing you know
0: wow okay so so 1998 to to you're together with the guys and you're leading worship and you're enjoying being together uh, but how do you suddenly become a, a band that's playing internationally the band that we love to play here on hope fm
1: totally Well, you know i had been writing some music at my home church and my brother jay plays bass in the group and we had a little studio set up like kind of behind the stage at church and we would kind of work on little things and so as i was meeting musicians in the music department of university of mobile i'd be like oh man we need to get them to play on this and that's what happened like the first time we ever got together it was like i I just met some friends we put together a jam session in uh crazily enough it was called weaver hall which is i was like it was nobody i'm related to but it was my own last name as we're as we're playing music for the first time together just just jamming you know somebody wanders by and goes, man. Hey, this sounds really great. You need to put a set together for this and open up for this group that's coming in, in a few weeks. And we're like, sweet. We haven't even been together fifteen minutes, and we already got our first gig. You know, it's like it's crazy. <laughs> and so then they ask us the the question that has haunted us ever since. They're like, what What do you want us to put on the flyer? You know, what do you, what, what's the name of the group? We're like, well, we don't know. We just we just wandered in here together, really. Uh, and, it's a, and I was just kidding and I said, tell him that we're Big Daddy Weave in the institution is what I said. And I was I was just kidding, you know, because it was just some it was the, the Big Daddy Weave part. Like if you're if you're my size in the south of the US, southeastern part of the US, like you are Big Daddy, like you don't really get a vote about that. That's just a nickname. There's a guy at our church who would call me that and you know my last name is Weaver and I was just being silly. It was never supposed to go anywhere. And then here we are 23 years later. The moral of that is like, be careful what you call your group, because if, if God has it out for you, then you never you never know where he's going to take things. It's,
0: and it's hard to change the name of the band so it really um, is
1: it really is yeah, yeah.
0: yeah you probably don't want to it's it, it's it's great that it's been something that's with you all this time even though it's just a moment of inspiration and even if it was a moment of silliness it's very <laughs> memorable I remember I remember when I first came across it and thought it's unusual unusual name for a band but it didn't it didn't fall out my mind I hadn't forgotten it so that's, that's great awesome. so so you who, who is it that you opened for
1: oh man so okay so back in that time um uh it was it was kind of an acoustic duo a couple of guys singer songwriter a very acoustic sounding music um and an interesting thing that happened so we opened for the group they were called dog named david so they had even more name struggles than we (laughs) did you know and so um there was a group at the time though that was really popular in christian music called cademan's call and so dog named david got invited to go and tour with cademan's call and so they went as a duo so the couple other guys that actually were playing with them, uh, we adopted into our group, and that has been the current lineup of Big Daddy Weave ever since. Well, we ch- we changed drummers about 14 years into it, but, man, it was it was the same guy. It's pretty much the same guy since that very day.
0: Which know? is really unusual, actually, with a band to be that consistent. For four of you to have been together since 1998, it's huge. How do you manage getting together and being like brothers on the road for all that time with life's ups and downs in fact literally one of them is is jason is your brother isn't he
1: yes that's right yeah
0: Have has it been smooth or has it been one of those up and down rides and you just have to keep going
1: back to jesus it's been real life and we have to constantly go back to jesus i you know and i don't think that our unity with one another is what even keeps us in it as much as just us realizing that god has really made these opportunities you know in fact our first year together we had seen so many other people like chasing the dream or whatever and and just go down in flames and we just told the lord together even though we don't we don't always get along like we don't always see eye to eye but i feel like our hearts are the same in our pursuit of jesus that we really we want to humble ourselves before him and and really follow the opportunities that he brings. I remember us saying to God, like, God, if you want us to do this, you're going to have to bring the places for us to play, you know, because for us to go chase, this is terrifying to us. And so we decided not to call anyone. And so through our third year, as an independent group, we played 180 times that year, actually. And we had not made the first phone call. Like, we, we told people the Holy Spirit is our booking agent. Man, it's insane numbers. My mom would take the calls from youth pastors and whoever else was, you know, inviting us to come play at their retreat or their event. And uh, and it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And it was just literally just kind of step by step. We, we've we not known how to do any of this, but the Lord has just brought the right people around us. And I,
0: guess, I guess back then you probably didn't have kids and you were younger because 180 true. Uh, it would just wipes on it's crazy much. numbers but amazing <laughs> but
1: really until the last couple of years though we've continued to play about 120 dates and so even with kids like sometimes we'll bring the kids on the road which has been a, an awesome experience for them sometimes it doesn't work like that this year we really feel like after pandemic that uh we got the word before pandemic that i feel like the lord wants us to cut the dates in half though um, because he's making room for some other ministry opportunities you know I, I think to go and play some places that you necessarily you wouldn't sell a ticket you know for somebody to come and see we want to go places where they could never afford to bring us some you know and the lord is i think birthing some opportunities that are going to allow that for like prisons and for recovery houses and places like that to go and to do or the music to me it would be an afterthought it would be about just the ministry and getting to see jesus move in those places you know and so we're we're open to whatever he has you know
0: wow that's phenomenal i really like the sound of that fact you mentioned prisons uh, which reminds me of actually one of the things that i was talking with zach williams about because when zach was on the show he talked about his wife and how she was involved in prison ministry and he also shared his testimony about how he became a christian and came came to jesus really suddenly in an amazing miraculous way and he talked about being on in a in a in a, I think it's a transit van uh, going across Spain, and in the van, on the radio, on the Spanish radio, they played uh, your track uh, "Redeemed," which we will be hearing later on. And he got back to his hotel room, and he just kept it on repeat. And he phoned his wife and said, "I'm quitting the band. I'm coming home. We've got to get with Jesus or something along those lines." It was amazing. Oh yeah! Can I just ask this of you? You're Zach Williams, very significant person, obviously. I'd, and I'd love, I love you to tell us a little bit more about that but how does it feel to you when you hear stories not just of famous people but of people just anybody who's realized that jesus is alive jesus is real and they come to him in faith because of your music ministry
1: well i mean we know from scripture it says that no man comes unless the spirit of god draws him you know and so when we hear that it happened with the song, you instantly realize who was using the song. You know, it's like there's no part in the songwriting process where you're like, now this is when the guy's on the transit van, you know, and then God is going to like reach it. Only the Lord can do that. One of the coolest um, one of the coolest parts was when I sat with Zach, because Zach, actually the way I met Zach was over the phone. A radio station in the U.S. Uh, had just... Uh, had set this up i had called in for an interview with them and they said hey we want to introduce you to a guy and he's got a story and he shares the he shares the story of what happened on the air and i mean i'm weeping he's weeping there's just all this dead air at points and you just hear like sniffling and like you know tissues and 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 he he then plays Chainbreaker. they share chain over the air and i'm like oh my word just the continued story of god in his life and now even so we went on tour together after that it was incredible but it was us kind of playing behind him then we played this last year sometime in pandemic we would play drive-in movie theaters together actually cool and and man we we insisted look you need to play at the end you know we've been around forever i understand they're like we want us to switch each night or no no no, no. you need to play at the end when i heard zach and his band play it was otherworldly man they're so good and i was like thank god we are playing first oh my goodness who would not want to play after these guys you know and so i mean but it was it was amazing i would it was amazing and every night zach would bring me out on stage with him at the end and share the story of redeemed and we'd sing it together trading off verses Uh and just going god you're you're so incredible i mean and specifically from that song, it never gets old. And how does it feel? It's, it's completely humbling, man. Cause I know what a big mess I am. I, I know I'm not capable of doing anything that can change somebody's life. You know, it's, it's Jesus, you know, and the fact that Jesus would use a song uh, in that way, that was even remotely connected with my life is one of the greatest honors and one of the most humbling things ever, you know? And it never gets old hearing those stories. I'm addicted to seeing Jesus move in the lives of others, you know, and in my life, you know?
0: Amen. Well, we started talking about Redeemed and and Zach and just amazing stuff there. But before we actually play Redeemed, which we'll hear shortly, there's another track that actually also relates to Zach. That's a significant track for you guys. Tell us about that track.
1: And it was amazing. So after the whole redeemed story and, and he, the connection with Zach, Zach and Big Daddy Weave get to tour together. But as we're on the road, it was just after my brother – who, Jay, who plays bass uh, for Big Daddy Weave, had gone through a, a near-death experience, man. I mean, he became a double amputee. It was diabetes with complications, with some meds that were given that didn't work with him. And man, he almost lost his life. Uh, as Zach was coming out with us, Jay was coming back on the road to play some of his first shows after that whole experience. And so Zach is seeing Jay literally walk on stage for the first time with prosthetics. It was, it was unbelievable, man. And Zach is an amazing friend and we're sitting on the the bus after one of the shows and he goes, man, God used Redeemed in my life. He goes, I think I have a song for you now. And it's this song alive and we listened to it. Of course, Zach had like made the demo of it. So it sounds awesome with him singing. And I'm like going, I don't even know if I should try to do this, you know, because I think Zach's fantastic. I said, if you hear me singing on this, I'm probably going to be trying to do my Zach Williams impression, which never really works out because there's only one Zach Williams. Right. And so, but man, when he showed us the song instantly, we're like this, this is the first single from our next record. We didn't even have a record. <laughs> we only had a song, but we're like, this is this is the first song from the next record. And so when we tracked it, cause he had been trying for a while, he goes, man, we've played through this, we've done this. And he goes, something just doesn't feel right for me to do it. And he goes, I wonder if it's not because you're supposed to do it. I just thought that was the coolest full circle kind of moment because I mean, uh, you know, for Jesus to use redeemed in his life and then for him to bring this song, was such an amazing thing and it was literally like we couldn't have said it better ourselves and it just it felt like our song from the moment he showed it to us and so it's something where I'm always going to cherish the memory of even just that moment of, of God bringing the whole thing full circle. Now
0: Thanks, uh, thanks so much i really appreciate appreciated all that you shared so far tell us a little bit more about alive and how it impacted uh, the band and yourselves and other people
1: what i what i love about alive and it seems like the people who have gravitated toward it, i mean it could be any believer but really um what i love about touring some with zach And I feel like it's the same people you can tell in the crowd where the people who have experienced some kind of recovery from some kind of addiction are. They are singing the loudest. They are so excited, man, about what God has done in their their lives. And those are the people that I saw connect the most with the testimony of alive you know that man they've been through this terrible thing and it's like their life should have been over you know the story should have ended by now but God rich in mercy right you know full of mercy God reaches down into our lives and you know the Bible says that he he's forgiven much loves much you know and that's why you know we can't brag about being Lovers of God, we're not the initiator of any of it, right? It's like we love because he first loved us. And that's that's exactly what happens around this song, is you see people so thankful for those but God moments, you know, the intervention of God in, in our lives. And those are the things that the people that I see. And my favorite testimony really has just been, the volume you know at which they sing along at the shows from that song it's it's just an incredible testimony uh of who jesus is to all of us and he gives us a reason to sing there's a difference between singing a song uh that you've written out of a place that maybe you you know something about you know there's a there's another kind of song that you feel like when you hear it you're like this happened to me you know and you're singing from that place of experience same thing with believers there's a type of believer that it's a, a casual knowledge of the lord um, and i'm not saying that they are not believers or whatever but you can tell a difference where there's an authenticity that comes from the place of they've experienced great brokenness and then because of that they have that desperation that brokenness provides us with and you cry out to god in a different way and when he shows up and when he delivers you and when he is all that you've you've needed you know it's it's a different thing it's just a different thing you know wow well, that's
0: just great i've got to say it's a really beautiful song and I can absolutely, just in my mind, I, I've never been to one of your concerts, but I wish I had, but I can just imagine the moment when the crowd are just singing and it's the truth for them and they know uh, that they have been brought alive because of all that Christ has done in their life. So absolutely beautiful. And I think your songs, the lyrics in them are just time and time again, as I've looked at the words and listened to it, I've gone, these, these songs actually are just really deep. They're really impactful. They're not just light happy songs they're songs that just are speaking about god's goodness and about the way that he brings change who he is uh, and how we can relate to him and it's um it's a great thing i absolutely love it so i salute you for all that you've uh, is it you
1: doing most of the writing of the lyrics they come in all different ways so just like this one that zach just goes hey listen to this but then when you hear it you're like oh we gotta sing this you know lion and the lamb is another song we heard we heard leland's version of that we heard bethel do that song and then we were like. Is anybody doing this? Oh my gosh! Can we please record this? You know, when it just first had come out, but then there are other ones that for sure, uh, and 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 it is the best songs feel like they happen to you, and so even from a writing standpoint, when I when I write a song by myself or when I have a friend write, those are my favorite writes. It's just this fellowship that this song is born out of each of you just sharing. What God has done in your life, and then this song is born out of the marriage of that, you know, and I, yeah, I think those are the ones that you have to run and get a pen really fast because you feel like the song is happening and you're just there trying to catch it, you know. Uh, those, those are the best ones, and in my experience over you know more than twenty years now, those are the ones that end up connecting with people in their lives in a very significant way, you
2: know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally can understand that. I gotta say, although I love music, I've never managed to write a song. I've never, I can't play a note on a guitar. Do you play notes or chords? I don't know. I can't do any of that stuff. So I, I am, <laughs> no. I am in awe of you guys and the things that you do. So um, I'm talking of tracks that just sort of come to you. Is "Redeemed" one of those tracks? "Unredeemed" has been arguably your most successful track to some degree because it went to number one it went platinum it was yeah. k love fan Awards song of the year uh, and you played it at um the dove awards as well so it's it's been a big deal for you did it just come did did god just give that song to you how did it how did that one come about tell us tell us more of the story of redeemed
1: oh my goodness man yeah and this this is a huge part of my testimony um so being a big daddy of big daddy. Weep, you know, growing up as like the fat kid in school and you know, the overweight guy in my adulthood, all of those things. Like I never knew how to give voice to this. Um, but I hated myself. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know how to say it. I just knew I would always look at other people and I'd want to be them instead of me, if that makes sense. Um, and I was so thankful for the Lord in my life, man. And I knew that he, that the Lord loved me. Um, And I didn't realize there was anything wrong with me not loving me, you know. Uh, So we had I I guess this was back in 2009, like a show on television that was really big in the States was called The Biggest Loser. And like people would, uh, you know, come on this show and they'd have this weight loss challenge and lose a bunch of weight. And so uh, my second son had been born. And I remember just thinking about life and just looking at this little guy and going, man, Zeke, Ezekiel, man, you know. I love this little guy so much. I'm like, I, I need to make some changes in my life or whatever. And so we went on this big weight loss journey. We did it very publicly, like different radio stations picked up on it. And like, they're making videos all the time. My goal was to lose 90 pounds in 2009. Right. And so we did it in front of everybody and I'm out there and I'm just trying to make things happen and I'm losing all kinds of weight. And mid year, I was down about 50 pounds or whatever. Then even like, you know, into to the end of the year, it got increasingly, harder for my body to like let go of weight. I don't know if it was like I don't know how that all works, but anyway, it was just difficult. And as we're getting close to this you know, the the final weigh in, which is like the end of the year, you know, the end of December, it's just, man, it's so hard to lose weight. And I still, I, I got to 60 pounds, 70 pounds and you know, and 75 pounds and we're just within weeks. And I'm trying so hard. Like we're still on the road doing like Christmas tour. I'm running up and downstairs, all of, all of the stuff in the hotel, trying to make it happen. I mean, thousands of people have signed up on online to like try to do these, this kind of thing too and lose weight and become more healthy. And, and so there's all this pressure. Yeah. And I remember weighing in, uh, the last day of 2009 and I had lost 84 pounds, right?
0: Which is amazing. Which
1: is like losing an entire middle schooler, like off your back. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, and, but because that was not 90, man, there had always been this thing in me that kind of contributes to the self-hating thing. I never knew how to say that at this point, but it's like I had this standard for me, that I could never live up to. Like I constantly let myself down and was disappointed in myself because of not being able to live to this standard that I had built up for me, you know? And so when I saw that missing six pounds, I I just like put the stamp on myself, like failure, you know? One more huge failure in a a lifelong list of like disappointments in my life, you know? and so man i just begin to medicate with food and i just begin to put the weight back on and with every pound came more shame with every pound came more disappointment and i and i gained all of it back plus guess how many pounds to the number six pounds more oh i literally it was like i punished myself from the place of disappointment and self-hatred and there was this day when i hated myself worse than i could ever remember and there our garage is beneath our house here in tennessee and i had a place that i had been working out down there and i went and sat on the concrete in the basement garage below our house and i was just telling god everything that i hated about myself and i had a list brother i'm telling you it was it was you know an all inclusive list i'm you know And in the midst of me letting this stuff out in front of God, as clearly as I can ever remember, the voice of Holy Spirit, that still small voice inside just says, Michael, you need to let me tell you what I think about you. And I am ready. You know, here it is, the notepad of my heart or whatever, ready to take down this grandiose thing that surely he's about to say. And you know what he said? Man, I haven't told this in a while. This got to get me now. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, you know, you can get to a place where you can tell them, and you get sort of callous to it, so you can get through the story. But it's been a little bit bit now, and um, it's a real story. It seems, it seems, it seems fresh. So uh, he said, "I like the way that you smile," <laughs> and that was this connecting place. Because I did too, actually. That's the one thing in a picture, in a whatever, you know, we have to do these photo shoots and these videos things, and they're absolutely torture for me every time. I hate seeing myself on anything, you know, but that was the one thing, my smile. When somebody would say something about that, I'd be like, I I do like the way I smile. And it was this connecting point. It was like God just, it was the the first strike and bring a wrecking ball to this wall of just separation that I had created between... Me and the love of God for me, really. I could never extend that to myself, you know? And I didn't really realize that I, I needed to. But that's but that's just it, though, isn't it? It's like, you know, that we it says, you know, that we need to love others like we love us, though. I kind of always skimmed over that part. I need to love me, too, right? Yeah. And so, man, it was like the Lord just began to flood my heart and my mind with stuff that He likes about me. Not just that He loves me unconditionally, but He made me. He's he made me and he said for you to look at yourself in a way differently than the way I see you is like telling me I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he said, the way I look at you is not the same way that you look at you. He goes, when I look at you, I don't look at the list of how you got it wrong or how you got it right. He goes, I look at the perfection of Jesus Christ applied to your life, you know, applied on your behalf in front of me and that's how i see that's how i see you i see you as as my i was looking i was looking in the the mirror at one point we're getting ready for some other kind of event where it was going to be filmed or something and again i'm standing in front of the mirror This is not usually like a guy kind of thing to deal with i don't think you know but it's like i'm standing in front of the mirror i'm just like oh my gosh i just i just hate this and the lord again he just says you know what you're looking at right there I'm like, what? He is mine. He yeah. said, you are mine. And it's, it was none of your doing, you know, Don't, your only part in it is just <laughs> accepting it. That's it. You know, I've done it all, you know, and you need, you need to believe what I believe about you because it's been done for you, you know. And so that, that was the beginning, man. And there, there have been times it has been terrible and worse and everything else, but he's so patient with me um, it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and when we share about that, um, I think people find common ground that day in the garage, this little chorus, I am redeemed, not even all of the words of it, but just like, that, like that thing, I am redeemed just kind of happened. Uh, and I wrote with my buddy over Skype, you know, like a week or two later. And I just shared that little bit with him and we just started having a conversation and I'm like, it seems like all I can see is what's wrong. You know, and he goes, the struggle, man. Yeah. He was like, well, let's write that down. And it was literally born out of this conversation about all of that. And when we finished the song, uh, man, cause Benji's an incredible songwriter as well. And he was leading worship at in New York uh, at the time uh, in Buffalo, New York. And a couple weeks after we finished writing the song, he goes, "Weave, did you ever show anybody redeemed? And I'm like, I never did because it really, I didn't really consider it. I didn't think it was poppy enough. I didn't think all these things that we would look forward to, to send to the radio. I just felt like it was kind of closure over this area, you know, in my life. And he goes, man, I've been leading it in church is what Benji says. <laughs> and He goes, every time we play it, he goes, it's like the Lord just moves in the lives of people. And I'm like, for real? You know, so I instantly send it to my friend, Josh, our A&R guy. He sends back, man, I think this is the strongest thing that you guys have ever seen. I'm like, what? I just couldn't see it. I sent it to my dad who, man, at the time was just, he was, he was my sounding board, you know, sent him. He's like, Michael, I think this may be the strongest thing that you guys have ever tried. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I can usually see this. I had no, I had no idea. So we start playing it live. And people start shouting. They start shouting things. Good things this time. You know what I mean? Not yeah, not, not negative things, not throwing tomatoes or whatever, you know, but, <laughs> but and it was like God was just doing this thing. So by the time we even heard the testimony of Zach, like, man, I had heard from retired army generals to men, women who had left the adult industry. You know, leaving, like leaving a strip club, man, we had a, one of the testimonies that came when this, this young lady had written a friend who'd been kind of like sharing the love of God with her. She would actually had a ministry that she would take, uh, like catering down to the strip clubs. And she would just love on these these women in, in this adult part of this adult industry and just just love them and just care for them like a mom would. And this lady writes to her one night. She said, well, it's 4 a.m. I'm off work. I'm heading home. And she's like, God gave me a song. She said, I'm on the side of the road right now typing this from my phone to you. I can barely see through my tears. She said, I can do it. I can leave this life
2: redeemed You said
0: so much for all you've shared from your heart such a just a painful story and an amazing story to hear what god did with you and i'm sure many listeners uh, whether they're christians or not at this point will relate to saying there are things about themselves that are a painful or a struggle that they just don't like that maybe they don't even have feel that they've got anybody who likes or loves them and it would be great right now if you're happy to pray for the listeners Yeah. Just for god to come and meet us wherever we are
1: yeah man oh yeah i would i would love that and i just even want to i just just sharing into this before before we pray and maybe even when you hear the word prayer like oh my gosh like i don't know if i could even you know i'm not a holier than thou like it's nothing it's just talking to god it's one of the greatest privileges I mean, you can literally, you know, I've heard people say in my life before, I've heard people say, oh, gosh, we're at such a place now. All we can do is pray. I'm like, are you kidding me? All we can do is talk to the the God of the universe, the only one able to really do anything about anything. But, you know, a lot of us, we experience this feeling of separation. And like like we were talking about before in a, in a different part of our time was you know, that we don't feel worthy. Like we don't feel like we could, we could come to God, you know? And it's because we, we look at our past, we look at our track record and man, the enemy, I want you to know, as surely as God is real, there's also an enemy of God. People call them the devil. People call it whatever it, but it's like, there's an enemy, there's an enemy of of God and his work. And so the, the way that the enemy gets in is, is by telling us stuff that sounds pretty true. Like he goes, look, you did this back in your life, you know, and there's the shame that we carry because of what we've done in our life. and we look back at that thing, and we can't deny that it happened. It's it's true. It's a fact that happened, you know, and, and the devil is a legalist. The enemy is a legalist and he comes to us and he says, see what you did, see what you did. And you can't deny it. You know, it happened in our life. But here's the awesomeness about the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us, that when he died for us, you know, the Bible says this, God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, before we ever gave him a thought, you know, even really before we were ever born, you know. God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His Him giving his life on the cross for us, him shedding his blood to cover every wrong thing is the most true thing about you if you will receive it. You know, his love for you is more true. And His the truth of his love for you trumps the facts that the enemy wants to throw in our face about our past. So those facts, because of the blood of Jesus, if we have given our life to belong to Jesus and we've received what it is that he's done for us, we are made completely new. And so, for me i can i can know all kinds of things about god but it's walking in that place of walking with him realizing what he's done for me and saying god i just thank you lord and i'm not going to live in that place of self-hatred i'm not going to live in that place of looking in the past anymore because of what you've done so whether you're somebody who doesn't know jesus and you would like to begin a relationship with him or you're somebody who has known about Jesus for a long time and been in church, but maybe you're off in a place where, man, the enemy is telling you things that are true about things that you've done. Well, here, this is what it is. And here in the States, I go see a chiropractor, and I don't know how you feel about that, but they, they through a series of cracks and movements or whatever. He brings my spine into alignment. And this is the deal. We can bring our lives into alignment with the truth of what Jesus has done for us in his love by giving his life for us the greater truth over our life than any other thing so man right now I just want to pray if you want to close your eyes the only reason we close you don't have to close your eyes when you pray if you if
0: not if you're driving if you're driving keep them open
1: (laughs) yeah don't don't close your eyes if you're driving that is so dangerous but the reason I ever close my eyes is to just give give a second. And if you are driving and you want to pull over somewhere, then that's awesome. Or you can just have this honest conversation with God in your heart and just say this, God, I want to know you. There's something about what I've heard today. I want what that is. I want to know you for real. Will you reveal yourself to me and Holy Spirit, I just ask right now for every honest person who would turn away from what has happened to them before, towards the greater thing that has happened for them, which is what you've done for all of us, Lord. I just ask right now, they would encounter not just an idea, but the very presence of God in the space of wherever they are by the peace of God, by the peace of God, let your peace just come right now, Lord, as we receive who you are and what you've done on our behalf. We want that God. We want to not just know about it. We want to have it permeate every part of our lives and change who we are to look like who you see we are because of Jesus. And so, Father, I ask right now, this would be the beginning of a life of encounters for some. This would be a realignment for others, God, but literally a call into daily relationship daily encounter with you in your word god and with you by way of holy spirit in his presence in our life god come and make your home inside of us and father allow your peace to guard our hearts and minds in christ jesus lord we thank you for what you're doing right now we receive it in jesus name amen
0: amen and right as you started that and you prayed uh just for us to know God. Um and for some people that'd be for the very first time. For me, I I just I, I could do it in my heart and so I want to know you more, God. And uh it's wonderful the way there's always more. And God always reveals more of his character, more of his love, more of his plans, more of who he is as we seek him. So thank you so much, Mike. Uh, and if you're listening at home or in the car and you're thinking You know, I need to find out more about this Christianity that Mike and Gordon have been talking about. I just want to encourage you to get in touch by emailing studio at hopefm.com, or you can go online to www.findachurch.co.uk. That's findachurch.co.uk. And on there, there are thousands of churches across the UK that would love to welcome you and help you to find out more of God's love. Mike, wow. You've been you've been amazing. I appreciate your prayers. I just love your integrity and honesty sharing about your walk with Jesus life is not always easy though uh, and you've mentioned about your your brother and uh you've mentioned uh to me that you guys have seen miracles happening and I I would just like it if you're happy to just to share a bit about what happens to Jay do you call him Jay or Jason
1: you know I is his name is Jason I have always for some reason I don't know why when we were younger we just I called him j Dog, and it always stuck we just like we we've always he's always been j Dog to me but so Jason Jay j Dog, whatever whatever you call him he's my little brother uh, but in my life, he's kind of functioned more like the big brother in many ways. He's kind of the hub in the middle of the wheel with Big Daddy Weave. And some years ago, I was sharing with you that we, we experienced just a season where we just saw God do the miraculous. I mean, it was like every, it just seemed like everything we were asking for him to do. And he was meeting with us at the shows. We'd stop the shows at the end and just pray for people. And man, the Lord would just move in powerful ways. And my brother began to deal with health problems. Um, he's, he's been diabetic for a while and they were giving him a medication, uh, to try to help with some of his levels. Um, and, uh, the medication we didn't realize was actually harming him in ways that we, we didn't know. And so, uh, it was, I guess the summer of 2016 when he began experiencing uh, like a terrible infection, man. Um, through his legs and uh, he was going to v- see his doc. He actually left the road to go see the doc, but in an effort to save his life, it, it, things turned in a bad way and he had to have both of his, his feet amputated. Um, and we had been praying for God to, to move in this area. We, we just did not see it the way we were asking, which is wild because, you know, we had seen God do so many other things and I don't have an answer over that, honestly. However, in those times, we still were encountering God's peace his presence in our lives in a very real way, uh, even though at the same time we were dealing with very difficult and very hurtful and terrible things. You know, just we're glad that my brother was still alive, but his recovery has been has been an uphill battle. Um, uh, he's walked with prosthetics for a little while, but man, his health has has, you know, continued to decline in many ways Though uh, he's on dialysis. Actually, now uh, he actually does dialysis on the tour bus. He still goes um uh, wow. and i uh, this i will tell this story uh, because i this is so recent in our life um we were at a show um uh in south carolina here in the states and this is just within the last 2 months actually and before each show we make a practice of praying over the room and Jay never misses this. Jay rolls in in his wheelchair, you know, when he's, he has prosthetics, but he's still, it's, it's easier for him to get around in a wheelchair. He is, uh, he lays hands on every seat that he can reach and the ones that he can't reach, his kids are there and he sends his kids to go lay hands on those, those seats and he prays over every seat in the places that we play. He had done that. And then right after that, there's usually like a question answer time, uh at the show and uh i come out and sit on the side of the stage and just talk with a group of folks who've come to this time and i noticed that same day right after jay finishes praying for the room the people come in i sit and there's a man right in the middle of the the seating right in the front row the very middle of the front row he and a a lady are there And uh, it's always hard to find somebody to start off the question answer time. It's a little awkward or whatever. So he instantly jumps in there, though. I notice he looks like he has something he wants to say, you know, and he just shares how I just want you to know that I'm here tonight. Um, uh, but this is not my kind of thing is what he says, like straight, oh, okay. straight up front. It's like, I'm like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm glad you just you told us that or whatever. So I'd know what that face was about all night or whatever, you know? And so, <laughs> and he goes, I didn't want to come. He goes, but I came because she points to his significant other there. You know, she wants it. She wanted to come. And so he goes, but I, I heard some of your songs. He goes, I was in ministry for years. And basically he describes how a young person had died on his watch at a ministry event. Um, And he kind of followed the trail of how could a loving God like so many people do, you know, and he goes and I left the ministry and he goes, this is not for me. But I want to know your story. I want to know your deal is what he says. So I just share from my heart about some things that God had done in life. I shared about the life of my brother Jay and about how even though he'd been through very terrible things, he was still in pursuit of the Lord. We finish up that whole time. I, I go backstage And uh, actually see Jay in his wheelchair nearby. And I said, look, there's a guy right in the middle on the front row. I just just believe the Lord is going to do something in his life tonight. You know, And Jay goes, can you show me? And so we roll over to the curtain. I kind of just pull the curtain back and Jay peeks around and I point to him. And Jay starts tearing up instantly and goes, God showed me that guy's face. God showed me that guy's face when we were praying over in the room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, here we go, Lord. You know, And so we start playing that night. And as we're playing about midway through, Jay, I mean, Jay's missing fingers and all, he's been through a very rough time. I can't believe that he, he's actually still out on the road doing this. It's only by the grace of God. And so Jay's got his hands, his broken up hands, like raised above his head, you know, as we're playing and he's worshiping God. And I see something happen to the guy on the front row. And it's like he just can't get he can't stop looking at Jay, you know, and then I notice a little further on at some point it just breaks. And this guy, he's got tears streaming down his face and his head back and his his hands up in the air just worshiping God. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is a big difference from the beginning of the night. When the show is over, and I guess this speaks to maybe the need for a little bit better security, but all of a sudden, the guy from the front row, his name is Marion, was in, literally, in our dressing room, you know, there was no time to call security, there was no anything, he was there, and he is very loud, and he is after Jay, He and he says, why are you not just F you, God, like he is literally just, so in, And I thought I was going to have to get between him and Jay, but Jay wheels around and sees him and looks up at the man and it's calmly, you know, so proud of him. He just calmly says, You know, I know how you feel. He goes, I have days like that. He goes, But on those very same days, that's when I realized it's only God getting me through this day. And the guy, I'm not making this up, Gordon, he falls down on his knees. His knees just buckle and he falls down. Jay rolls over to where he is and he, Jay, just stretches his hand out. The guy is just weeping, I mean, uncontrollably. Jay stretches his messed up hand out and puts it on the guy's head and literally just begins praying over him. God, show him that he's not a victim. God, show him that he's a son because of what you've done for him. And as he prays that, man, this guy goes, man, I want, I want God to heal you so bad, is what the guy says to Jay. And Jay goes, me too. And the guy just left, changed. It was, I had never seen anything like it before. It was, it was unbelievable. You know, so we had seen God move in miracles where literally different cancers had left. The prognosis happens. We had seen kidneys healed, which is crazy because of what Jay's going through, even with, with kidney failure and stuff like that. But man, and then we've seen God move in a different way, even in our trials, even in our tragedy, even in our heartache, even in the places where we would be tempted to say, God, where are you? Except for when we when we stop asking God why and we start asking God, what are you doing right now? We just see him everywhere and he's with us, even in the midst of those terrible times, you know? Uh, Yeah. and 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 he'll he'll be there with you but you have to have the eyes to see sometimes i I wanted to after what happened to jay uh, we also experienced man a death my my dad passed away and we're asking for god to heal him of pulmonary fibrosis we're asking god to heal my mom of a cancer and and both of them are with the lord now but and i wanted to just know why for so long why 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 god and i never got an answer to why you know but then when we started saying, God, where are you right now? What are you doing right now? Oh, we would begin to see the, that the Lord was at work on our behalf in a million different ways, you know? And we just have to trust him. And we just have to walk in his peace because he will bring his peace, even in the midst of tragedy. And he is the God who restores. He is the God that makes things
2: new, you know?
0: That yeah. um, is really challenging because I tell you what, I know, I know for myself and for other people that it, when when things are going bad, it is so easy just to start with the "why God, why God, why God" and not be looking to the "what next, God." Mm-hmm. And um, because even in the middle of things being awful, and I'm so sorry for for your loss and mm-hmm. for the, the struggles that Jay's going through. But it's still amazing to hear your heart that God is still right in the middle of all these things and you know that he's good and he's faithful. Um, So trusting in God in the middle of the rubbish that life throws us um, is the very, very best Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. to be. Um, and we may not know the answers to the why questions till heaven. And when that's we get right. to, qu- to heaven, we may not even, at that point, care <laughs> about the whys. i got to
1: tell you, I think that's right. A you know? whole think new perspective. When we begin to see things from God's perspective, I think a lot of those, you know, the things of earth grow strangely dim, like the old song says, in the light of his glory and grace. Man, that's right.
0: Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview.
1: So you're currently
0: on tour and uh your new single is 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 doing well but what's the next 12 months hold for you Uh, and also how do people connect with you where do they find you on the web and streaming etc
1: for sure we're just man we're we're taking the events as they come now and it's like in by september we're, we're getting back into tour like fully, I think, hopefully, hopefully, you know, and, um but man, people can connect with us at our website, bigdaddyweave.com, and that has all of our social media uh, contacts and stuff like that. So it's usually like BDW Music on Facebook and on Twitter, um uh, but we would, we would love for. Uh, for people to connect with us online. And we would love, man, and pray us pray us over to the UK. That's what we wanted. We need to come and make the visit. Yes, see? You did. So that that would be that would be so wonderful at some point. And so uh but until then we'd love to connect online. So bigdaddyweave.com has all things to do with
0: big daddy weave. bigdaddyweave.com is the place to be and definitely a tour in the UK. That sounds like an aspiration that's a good one to follow. So you your kids come on
1: tour with you sometimes. How old are they? What are their names? yeah okay so i've got three kids uh eli is now 14. zeke is now 12. and then little naomi's about to turn 10 just now actually and so uh, my wife homeschools all of them i worry i'm married way out of my league if you saw my wife candace right now you would be like god is so real if this guy married candace then there's jesus has to be real you know he's still working miracles and man she does such an incredible job with him and the opportunity came some years ago for some of the time to bring an additional bus and so we called it the family bus and we've taken turns bringing our families out on the road so to see my you know 14 year old pray over somebody at the end of the night like he's a fully grown guy or whatever has been one of the most beautiful things you know and they're all out there every night laying hands on the chairs and praying over the rooms and all that kind of stuff. We, we haven't been able to do it as much recently after pandemic, just getting back to normal. But, but before that, it really was, you know, for them to be on the road, they didn't just hear about, you know, read about Plymouth rock in their history or whatever. They actually like visited Plymouth rock. They've seen all of the States except for Hawaii, I think is the only one that we're missing. And, and we need to take it international. My kids, my son, Zeke, is all about everything UK, man. He wants to go to London. That's like one of his bucket lists is to visit London. My son, Zeke, wants to visit London so badly, so.
0: You see now, if that's what he wants, sometimes you gotta do what your kids are saying. So visit London, fantastic place. I was born in London, so I'm a Londoner. You can never not be a Londoner once you're born there. Uh, but but three years ago, I moved down to the coast, uh, to Bournemouth. I've got to say, I do love Bournemouth as well. So when you come to the UK, when you do your UK tour, obviously have your London dates, because they'll be great. But when you're thinking, where do we need to go out to? bournemouth on the coast is the place to be so and people like michael jackson have come here you know so it's it's wow. and uh, it's, it's a great place to gig and a wonderful place to have a bit of a break with your kids as well with seven miles of beach i recommend it so it's lovely though that your kids are happy praying for people and is that something that they've just seen you model and they've just walked into really easily or is it has it been something that's been a hard thing that you sort of tried to nurture within them before they were brave enough to do it
1: what what has been cool is so at first when we were praying for people, it was only the guys in the band and then like the, who whatever band was opening, we would, we would be praying over folks. Then there began to be a group of people that were coming with us uh, and they would do different staff stuff out on the road, but then they also would come in for ministry time and pray over people. And so my kids would pair up with one of those adults each night and they would go and they would hear them pray over people. And then sometimes when it was appropriate, They'd be like all right well do you want to pray over them as what?" Well? and so they would just got into it that way kind of with a safety net you know yeah. there oh, that, with them right. it was really beautiful
0: that is yeah that is just fantastic so homeschooled but also getting experience some of the ministry that, that their dad's doing because you you're mm-hmm. not you're not just a musician you're you're no, a person no, no. bringing god's word uh, to life to people and I love that your kids are part of that because it's be so easy being on the road as much as you are that you would leave them behind and they would be out of touch with you. So I loved, I, you're the first, uh, I, I'm people like John Cooper from Skillet and he takes his kids always on tour with him and he was it, just amazing. But uh, you're the first people to mention a family bus and the fact that different members of the mm. band get to bring their family out with them. I think that sounds such a wise idea. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we've talked, we've talked about numbers of things where people have, testimonies and you've prayed people there's been all sorts of moments that clearly god's on the move and it's like serious powerful stuff going on have there been some moments when you're on tour and it's just like things going wrong a terrible maybe a comedy moment where you just go this is just hilarious have you got stories you've been on the road so many years i I can't imagine that there aren't some
1: well honestly when we first we first started kind of moving in another direction we were at a place we were giving up we were we were all finished And but then the Lord just began speaking to us like and one night. uh, I remember when it started, it's like I was washing my hands in the restroom and Holy Spirit just says, listen, there's someone out there tonight. They're having trouble having children and they feel alone. Tell them I haven't forgotten about them. I'm like, what? So I just said it. And there were like three of them. It started happening every night where we just began to hear these things. that were kind of whispers from the Lord and we'd share it. And there'd be like three of them, you know, every time. After a little while, though, if you're not careful, you can get, like, consumed with that happening. And and so you're learning how to hear God. And I remember one night we would talk about different things that were in the room. God, there's this cancer, this whatever. And I remember saying, like, uh, there's... Uh, a mesothelioma and instantly knowing, nope, that was the commercial I saw on TV today. You know, It was like, so you got to, you got to listen and make sure that it's God. And I said that too. I just said it out in the microphone. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was like, nope, that was not the Lord, by the way. Sorry, I'm pulling that one back in. That was a commercial I saw today. That was like, <laughs> you know, that was, it, it's always something people say, what's the most embarrassing moment that ever happened to you? And I'm like, stick around. It may happen today. You know, we're always forgetting the words to something or saying it badly or Or else for someone's zipper is down accidentally on the thing. And like, you know, one time this lady came up and I thought she was really going to say, man, God just used you in such a powerful way. And I'm kind of already ready to be like, come on, Lord, ready for the testimony. She leans and she goes, for this entire time, your zipper has been open." I'm just like, no, you know, it's like, it's the most terrible, the most (laughs) terrible realization. But then instant humility, you know, you can't think anything of yourself. You know, you realize that God, God used Balaam's donkey and he may be still doing that even while I'm up there with a microphone that night so it's oh, like,
0: it's, yeah but, but also I actually like people who come I some people find them annoying but I like people who tell me when something's wrong because it, yeah. help, it helps me sort it out and I bet you yeah. probably <laughs> you probably checked as well for the next few times you're going on that you were to, to this day to this day absolutely <laughs> see whereas if she hadn't said it you might never have noticed right yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm glad that person was there to help with your dress me code too. so me too uh, that is definitely a, a clearly an embarrassing moment it's very this is the hope fm artist interview so we've got one more track to play from you uh, and it's called all things new uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about all things new
1: yeah um i wrote it for my dad when we were praying uh, over him you know him dealing with pulmonary fibrosis it's a terrible lung thing it's a progressive like stiffening of the lungs it was it was an awful thing and so uh he had kind of like downplayed how he was doing. So we're out on the road and we're traveling. He's a really strong guy in the Lord. He is always like, give him heaven. He's like, go, go, go. You know, he's like, follow the call on your life. He didn't want people looking after him. Um, and I, I kind of I regret some of that because I missed some time with him because of that. By the time I realized how bad um, it was getting uh, that I didn't have a lot of time left, but my mom said that when we wrote the song, all things new. So I wrote it with David Leonard another awesome songwriter here in town. If you've heard, uh, the song greater you Lord, you know, all Great the song. earth will shout your praise hearts. will rise. same, same guy. He, he was a writer on that song. Good friend of ours. Um, as we're writing the song as a prayer over my dad, my mom said when my dad got the work tape, he would play the song every day, listening to it every day, you know, and he's just trusting the Lord. Uh, my earliest memory of my dad was him singing over me in the middle of the night. I remember the feeling of the vibration of my dad's voice on his chest as my head as like, a, I don't know how many, how many month or year old was like leaned over on his head. It's my first memory of his, the feeling of his voice on the side of my face. Oh, man, my last memory of my dad was when we got there on Christmas Eve to their home. And I realized how bad uh, his, he was in his health. Uh, my dad's still trusting the Lord though, Um, and so my last memory of my dad became, uh, in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve, him struggling to breathe and sitting in a chair. My mom had pushed her chair over next to his chair so they could be right next to each other and him spending his final moments. One of the only ways he could kind of get easy and dealing with the difficulty breathing, he would sit forward in his chair and we would just kind of rub on him and just, and just love him. And I remember in the middle of the night me standing in front of my dad in front of his chair and him leaning his head over on my chest. And I sang over him songs that we learned together and sang in our house, songs of praise, man. And man, we were hurting so badly to see him hurt so badly. But in the midst of that, man, God's presence and his peace just came. And then so first thing on Christmas morning, my kids are just starting to wake up my mom comes in in a, a very panicked kind of voice saying michael i think he's gone and when we came in and surely enough when i saw my dad i knew instantly that he was with the lord that he, it was it was obvious to me that his spirit had left his body we have to do all the things and we had to go by ambulance to the hospital and i'm telling him the whole time man he he is with jesus don't worry you know <laughs> these guys are looking at me like i'm crazy or whatever We get there and they had plugged him into a bunch of machines that we knew he would never want to be plugged into. And it's making him breathe and all this stuff. We're standing there on Christmas morning. They said, all right, well, according to his wishes and to your wishes, we're gonna unplug the machine. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Um, So I just got out my phone and I had the work tape of this song that my dad had played over and over. You know, The last song I ever got to show my dad. And we, I pulled out my phone and we, I set it on my dad's chest and my brother was there and his wife and our doctor and we, and my mom. And we stood and we pushed play on that song, the song, all things new. And it took on a whole new meaning because we didn't see healing in the way that we wanted to see it at this moment, which I'm telling you is available. Though God is healer. You need to know that today. But when we didn't see it this time, it took on a whole new meaning because my brother looked over at me and he said, he said, Mike, man, today on Christmas morning, dad knows the color of Jesus eyes. And I'm like, and he is new. He is new and he's not hurting. And this is several years later now, and we just said goodbye to my mom and she had been in pain and the nearness of heaven, even as as people pass who are believers in Jesus, It You hesitate to call it an awful thing because I'm telling you, it's so beautiful, God's presence, and to see literally how one moment they're here and one moment they're in heaven. Heaven seems so real to me now, man, because I've experienced these very hard things. But man, incredible things. Jesus is real. My dad and mom know the color of his eyes. Uh, To them in their life, all things have been made new. After this year of pandemic, this song has taken on. Another, you know, meaning and every night when we get to sing this over people, we want to sing it over our world and over the church and over man, communities and places that we get to travel that man, after all we've all been through, it's not over for any of us, man. If we're willing to have eyes to see it, God is at work everywhere and he is restoring things. And, and, and he's the God who makes all things new. So we sing that over a season, I believe, maybe it's just the beginning of it, when we're gonna get to get back to a, a sense of normal, but I'm not gonna settle for normal. After what I've seen in this these last few years, I don't want just a normal life anymore, you know? I want a life uh, that is haunted by the things of God, That is that is like marked by what God is doing, not only in my life, but in the lives of others all around me, everywhere we go, you know?
0: your story is remarkable it's beautiful but it's a story that Jesus wants to replicate within our own lives and our own situations as well so and I am so grateful for the encouragement you've been to me personally uh, but also to our listeners Mike is is wonderful and I'll just like to dedicate this this song to your mom and dad uh, and your family and, and other people that are hurting uh, right now hey,
1: actually let me let me interrupt that as well I would love uh, to dedicate this to someone we just recently have heard the testimony and the story of a very difficult season in the life of a young lady named karis and and we would like to i would love to dedicate all things new to karis actually well
0: oh, thanks very much mike that's lovely and I've really appreciate everything you've brought and i look forward to seeing more of what god's going to do with you in the coming weeks months years to come uh i definitely want to say hope fm it is definitely a friend uh, to big daddy weave uh, and we love hearing that you're a friend of jesus and this is your track all
1: things new thanks gordon i appreciate you man
2: you may call-
0: Big Daddy Weave there with all things new. An absolutely massive thank you to Mike Weaver for all that he shared from his heart. I know that I was really touched by it. I hope you were as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, well good news, there are so many more interviews for you to discover. Just check out the other episodes of The Artist Interview on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. And if you want to bless us with a like or a follow or share it with your friends, that would be very much appreciated too. Until next time, you've been listening to The Artist Interview, a podcast by Hope FM. God bless.